Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, last week in this series, we talked about how God views his people as, as a whole and as individuals. And I gave you two, uh, two, two metaphors from the Bible. You remember what they were? God sees us as a pearl, something with high intrinsic value. And God sees us as a bride, a relationship that he truly seeks. Part of both of those is the fact that, that we have a purpose, a God-given purpose, something that makes this time in our existence extremely valuable. And, and being able to look at yourself in the mirror, being able to think of yourself and saying, I'm worth something, is, is to understand that, that you have a purpose. I go back again to the story of my grandfather, which I have told now for two weeks. If you remember from the first week, I said that his parents had told him, you will never amount to anything. And how that hurt him, but also how that spurred him. Um, it didn't spur him really to do the works of the kingdom of God. That he didn't really understand. But it spurred him to to go out there and to try to show his parents wrong. God says to you, you will amount to something. I do have something valuable for you to do. And, and you can accomplish it because I will accomplish it through you. Now, the core text for that is one that I use frequently. Ephesians 2.10, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance that we would walk in them. I do have to say that 2.10 comes after 8.9, of course. For by grace you are saved through faith. It is the gift of God, not of yourself, so that no one may boast. All of this that we're talking about today stands upon the, the fact, if it is indeed a fact, that we are connected to Jesus' death and resurrection, that we are saved not by the things that we're going to do, but by what Jesus has done. If Jesus didn't die and rise again, then, then there is maybe reason to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm not worth anything. That is a, a wrong statement. But the very fact that God has given us eternal life means that life right now, however long it is, is valuable. And we are valuable. Now, like I said, you're saved by grace. So the good works which God prepared in advance for you to do are not something that you have to do. I'm here to convince you it's something you want to do. Your salvation isn't hanging on it, but it is God's plan for you to do such things. So the first thing you have to ask yourself, first thing everybody has to ask, is what kind of person do I want to be? Do I want to be a person 
who is good? Do I want to be a person who is God's? Do I want to be a person who just lives for myself? Because I think it's very possible to be a a self-centered person, largely, and barely hang on to your connection to Jesus. But in the end, stand before God, and, and though you may be saved, you'd be very much ashamed. Ashamed that your life has amounted to nothing, essentially. I don't want my life to amount to nothing. I want my life to amount to something. What's that something? It isn't necessarily the things of my own choosing. It is the things that God chooses. Those good things prepared in advance. Now, what what would constitute the good things prepared in advance in that sentence? What would fall under the category of good things? It actually, when you look across what God commands in Scripture, it is a surprisingly broad category. But I do have to say, at the very center of it, the most important thing you could do is to share knowledge of the gospel with somebody. And I know it scares us. It's, it intimidates me in a moment. I know some of you, you've been here you know, all your life, and maybe you can't say I've ever really talked to somebody, whether friend nor stranger, about who Jesus is, because it scares me. It seems like something that that guy in the pulpit should do and not me. Um, you need to trust, if you're giving that chance, that God can work through you. Though you may not be uh, practiced, I guess, at, at doing such a thing. Know that in the moment, God can use anybody to do anything. And so if you're given these big opportunities, if it stands in front of you, then it stands in front of you for a reason. God believes that you can do it. Now, will you have opportunities that you just let go by and then you go home and kick yourself in the behind for missing it? I'm going to guess yes, because I do. But keep telling God, um, let me try that again. And God, there's enough, there's enough work to do that he's going to need to do that. So that's the core of it. But Jesus doesn't say make believers, does he? He says make disciples. And a disciple is a much more complicated thing than just somebody who knows that Jesus died for them. A disciple is somebody who has certain practices, who is pursuing certain values, who understands they have a mission themselves. So they won't get to that place unless somebody teaches them. And I think all of us have opportunities And especially true if you're a parent. The person you are most called to make into a disciple is your child, right? And then there are numerous other opportunities. And you don't have to necessarily teach a class. You just have to be an example sometimes. You just have to share a word of encouragement sometimes. All those small things help make up 
what you are called to be. Then there's the category of you and God. This flows right out of being a bride. God values a relationship with you. Do you live in relationship with Jesus? That means prayer. That means worship. That means walking with God and being aware of his ways and not disobeying. When, when we spend time with God in that way, it is probably more valuable to him than it seems to us. It's actually more valuable to us. But working on and spending time in that relationship is part of your purpose. And then, finally, a very broad category. This world is a world where there's a lot of evil. And consequently, a lot of hurting persons. You don't have to look to a war zone to necessarily find such a thing. You can find that in the person sitting next to you, even in church. Hurting people for various reasons exist all over. And people who need help exist all over. When you come across them, do you walk by them? Or do you help? Do you help in physical ways or spiritual ways or emotional ways? There is a lot of ways to counter what Satan has done to this world and what Satan has done to humanity. And so if you step into that, even in small ways, you are doing parts of the things that, that God wants you to do. Now, the scripture would back it up. I'll say from experience, but I can back it up. To do the full scope of what God wants you to do takes more than just being alive. It takes more than being schooled. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit. It takes the shaping of your person. It takes some time to be ready for the whole scope. So that's why it says we are God's workmanship. It's to put into your head the idea that, that we are an ongoing process and not a finished process, not at any point. Now, it is much easier, you know, to look at a little child and say, okay, she's God's workmanship, but I'm kind of done. You know, this is as good as it gets. That is not true. That is not true when you're even at the end of your life, losing other faculties, institutionalized because you can't stay at home. Still, God can be shaping you in some way for some purpose. And because your purpose is dynamic, you need to be shaped in different ways throughout the course of your life. So getting that necessary attitude sometimes takes shaping that comes through hard times and difficulty. 
getting that right skill set, sometimes that is just God plopping it into you in the moment. Sometimes it is something you've worked on for decades. And in the end, when, when you are wanting to do what God has called you to be here to do, you want to use all your assets. You want to use the stuff that's come naturally to you. You want to use the stuff that you have learned. You want to use spiritual gifts. You want to use your power of prayer. You want to use financial gifts. You want to extend yourself to the full capability that God has given you. And you will find that those opportunities everywhere. Now, our epistle lesson was chosen because Paul talks about how difficult his job is as to the job he's called to. He says, I'm a, a jar of clay, and yet God has used me for big things, but yet it has been tough. Let's acknowledge that the jobs that God gives us are not necessarily going to be the things we have chosen. They're not necessarily going to be things that are easy. Yes, there's some low-hanging fruit that are very easy to do and is mostly satisfaction that you get from them. But this is actually a battle with Satan. So don't count on Satan allowing it to be easy. There are going to be some struggles along the way. Some change of directions, some scrapping of your own plans, uh, some going to places or doing things that you think are way over your head because they are. So God would ask you at first to say, count the cost. Do you want just sort of the armchair, simple other people mostly do it, kind of being a disciple in this world? Or are you willing to be more? That's a question that we all need to ask. So how do we discern then what God wants us to do? I think it's helpful to think in two areas. One, big changes. Things that God may move you to that would mean a change of career, a change of location, stuff like that. If there is stuff like that, then it behooves God to communicate it to you. I don't know how he's going to do it. I know how he did it for me. It's not necessarily going to follow my pattern. So it doesn't even really matter how he did it for me. He's got to get it into your mind. He's got to confirm it from outside sources, and then you know this is what you're called to do. In more situations, the helpful thing is to look at it day to day. What does God have for me today? There are going to be days that you don't want to get out of bed. Probably tomorrow, I'm going to guess. January, cloudy, cold. I'd much rather sleep. 
everybody would rather sleep. But we roll ourselves out of bed and get on our feet because of this idea that God has stuff for us to do in this world, and, and we are there to seek it. How do we find it? Well, prayer is one thing, but beyond that, you're not necessarily going to have a burning bush or, or something like that, or a vision or a dream. It might just be that what you see right in front of you is, is God's calling. So if you know the scope of what he wants to accomplish, then you can see what you can do, what's right in front of you, the people that you meet in the day, the job that you do in that day, the, the chance meetings that God sets up for you, those are the places where you are to speak, where you are to love, where you are sometimes to act, and you don't want to pass them by. If there is more, it is God's burden to, to set it up. One thing I wrestle with, <clears throat> especially when it comes to having an opportunity to witness, is how far do I go to create that opportunity? And how much is on God to send that person into my life that I would speak? I think it is primarily incumbent upon God we just got to make sure that when that time comes, I'm not so fearful that I shut my trap and do nothing. You don't have to walk out, walk into schnooks, grab the first person you see in the produce aisle, turn them around and say, I'm going to tell you about Jesus. That is a bit more aggressive than God needs you to be. Besides, God has to do preparatory work to, to get a person ready. So... That line is gray, but just be willing to go and may God place it on your heart. And the beautiful thing about this is that you will have impact that just doesn't die with you. It follows you. It is something that God will speak about on the day of judgment. It is something that God rewards in eternity, not to mention how rewarding it is when you know that it's happened right now. I mean, you walk away and your day is made, right? So believe, because God has said it, that you have a purpose. And for that very reason, see yourself as valuable, love yourself all the days of your life, from your childhood, when others might mock you, through adulthood, where you wonder if you're doing the right thing, to your last days, when you think, I would be better off dead, know that God has a purpose for you. And when it comes your time, and that purpose is concluded enough for God's taste, then he'll take you to something far preferable. He'll take you home. Until then, soldier on in Jesus' name. Amen.